Hey, hey babes. babes. Welcome back to, to the podcast. It's your host, Jane and Allie. You knew that. <laughs> Still feel like it's necessary to introduce ourselves sometimes, but it's also, you know, I feel like people who know us know us. Anyways. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. This is episode number five. Five. And today our topic is, we wrote down TVs slash movies, but we didn't really talk about, neither of us really talk about movies. No, let's just do TV because we we have so much more to unpack here. True. So we're going to be talking about representation in media and just kind of like the general problematic images and stereotypes and just... All the things All they put out in the media. Things, yeah. Yeah. But first, we're going to start with our highs and lows. Jane. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> um, so my high for the week um, was finding a pair of glasses that really fit my face. I'm really stoked about it. Although the ones I have on right now are a little too big and I do still have to exchange them. They still look cute though. They really are like super them. cute. And like I'm really glasses. stoked that... <laughs> I finally, like, this is the first time I've ever picked something without, like, influence from my mom or a partner, and I picked it for me, and you'll see them in the TikToks. I am a huge fan, and yeah, that was a really good moment this week. Um, do you want to do your high, or do you want me to do my low and then you start? You can do it that way. Okay. Um, my low this week was... Just having a lot of very self-critical thoughts, um, a lot of second-guessing um, at work and personally, too, like, my relationships with people, like, thinking that I am not good enough or when there are miscommunications, I often, my first place where I think is, what am I doing wrong? Instead mm-hmm. of, hey, maybe they're busy or maybe they're, like... It's just a communication error. It's yeah. not all me all the time. And that's something I've been struggling with a bit this week. That kind of goes back to like the imposter syndrome thing, I feel yeah. like. I do that too a lot, actually. <laughs> Especially in like relationships, it's always like, does this person actually like me? Or like, like why do they like me? Are they yeah. just here because they need to be? Like, you know what I mean? It's Totally. Yeah. And even when you have like all the proof that you need... Sometimes it's very, like, I just look past it all and can only see that I'm not good enough or that there's something wrong with me, even when there's overwhelming amounts of proof that that is not the case. <laughs> and yeah, I don't really know why <clears throat> that happens, but definitely something that I think is improving when we take, like, a harder look at society and why we feel these ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really, like, just really deeply ingrained of, like, if you were young and, like, didn't... I wouldn't say necessarily had a parent that was, like, a good influence, but, like, I had this, too, like, with your mom, like, because you never feel good enough for your mom, yep. right? Because, yeah, just... The always thinking, like, <laughs> oh, mom's in a bad mood. What is... What did I do? Yeah. Like, or... You know, coming home from school and having, like, something exciting and mom being like, oh, you didn't unload the dishwasher or something. And then just, like, making... Skipping over it. Skipping over anything good to go straight to criticism. And 
don't know. Yeah, that's, that's probably where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, something we work through and try yeah. our best to, to like, catch myself doing it. Yeah. Sometimes that can be hard, but, yeah. Yeah. All right, my highs and lows. My highs, or I guess my high, <laughs> um, is, so I recently, I've done therapy a few times in the past, but it's usually just been, like, talk therapy. So I'm trying a new form of therapy. It's called EMDR. I don't actually fucking know what it stands for. It's like eye motion. I know what it is. I'm familiar with it, and I'd really like to try it. Would you? What do you think? It's actually very interesting. So I'm still kind of like in the process phases of like telling her because you go through like kind of like phases of like you tell your therapist the things you want to work on, then you like kind of talk a little bit about like the root of it, and then like I guess EMDR for me so far has been really good. That was kind of, like, one of my highs is that it's actually been helping me a lot. Like, she's given me a lot of coping techniques and, like, it's all a lot to do with, like, meditation and, like, the mind and just kind of, like, retraining your mind to, like, not think these things about yourself. So, like, one of the things that I'm even working on in therapy is, like, um, like, my eating habits and stuff because, like, I feel like <laughs> sometimes I'm, like, under eating or then sometimes I'm, like, overeating and then sometimes I'm just like you know but like all throughout it I just feel like shit about myself so like that's one of my things that I'm trying to work on so last time we did this thing called the light bar which is so fucking weird because like it's just kind of awkward so basically it's like this like bar in front of your face and it has like a bunch of like tiny little lights and you hold these two things in your hands and as you're like doing this like you kind of talk about an issue with your therapist and then you'll do that to kind of like debrief yourself. So it's basically supposed to like trigger both sides of the brain, the right side and the left side to kind of be like, Hey, you know, like the emotional brain, but also the logical brain. So like, you're not just always consumed in your emotions. So yeah, I think like interesting. Well, I mean, we tap into our emotional brain so much more than our logical brain, especially when we're in moments of self doubt. So that's a really interesting kind of, exercise to do well there was that and then because like the little things that you hold vibrate so as the, the like dot is going back and forth to follow it, it's all kind of like almost like hypnotizing but like not it's it's like a workout but like for your brain, for brain and eyes yeah but it's also like she's giving me a bunch of other things too like she did this thing with me where like she calls it tapping into your emotions where you basically like tap different parts of your body and I then it like experimented with that one. Yeah, it's interesting, honestly. So, yeah, it's been good, but we'll see when I actually do it. Because apparently, it's like pretty difficult once you like get into the thick of it. <laughs> because, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you're going through some really difficult things. Yeah. So we shall see. And then my lows. Is that I got up to dosage in my uh, fertility meds again. So I'm on them right now. I think I'm on day three. I know. Yeah, day three of my meds, but like day five of my cycle, whatever. Anyways, it's like a really high dosage, like higher than they even recommend to go. <laughs> so my doctor, I don't know, he apparently trusts himself enough that he thinks I'm going to be fine on the drugs, but... I've just been having, like, a lot of, like, hot flashes and then, like, exhaustion. Like, I've been sleeping for so long. <laughs> so, it's kind of shitty, but it's also scary because, like, the highest dosage, like, the dosage before this, 
they told us that if I take this dosage, I can have up to five children. At so once. now, yes. So now I'm at oh. a higher dosage than that. So I'm scared. <laughs> because knowing my luck, once I finally do get pregnant after two years, it's going to be, like, be like eight of them at the same time. R.I.P. my pussy, man. That's going to be fun. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude. That makes me like, you know, just clench up just thinking I'm... about it. Like, ooh, no thank you. Nope. No. Like, I have problems conceiving, but, like, if I have that many at one time, I'm gonna just tell them to tie my tubes. Like, I don't want anything to do with that anymore. Yep. Just let it be. <laughs> yeah, so, that's where I'm at. <laughs> it's been interesting. For real. Oh my god, imagine, like, asking for one and getting eight. <laughs> well, that's what I'm nervous about, man. I'm like, knowing my luck, I have a feeling that we're gonna have more than one at a time. Which is not good, because, like, multiples pregnancies are just so complicated. Hey, at least you only have to do one, then. Like, if you have <clears throat> twins, then you only have to do one. True. You only have to go through the whole thing once. Well. Unless you want more than two. I don't really. If I get a girl and a boy, I'll be happy. But if I get both, like, two girls and two boys, well, two girls or two boys, I'm going to feel some type of way. So we shall see. I don't know. <laughs> Let's have one or... Yeah. Eight at one time first. No. Then Octomom. No, dude, if I have more than, like, four... No, if I have more than three, I'm gonna shoot myself. Like, I... I want a baby really bad, but I don't want that damn many. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that TikTok where it's, like... That sound where it's, like, that's enough slices. <laughs> oh, yes, like, yes. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> And now for... The tea! <laughs> yeah. Alright, Jane, do you want to start off or do you want me okay. to go first? Um, I'll lead us into the tea with <coughs> a article I read from York University. How um, our absolute favorite influencer or <coughs> reality star, what I'm not quite sure. But um, Kim mm. K and her... The way she has her body photoshopped and falsified is actually having a negative impact on young women and the way they see their bodies. Surprise, surprise. I was just <laughs> to say that. We've said that quite a few times on the pod. <laughs> and it's a lot of this... Um, and I don't mean to body shame here because that, that's the last thing I want to do. But it's the slim, thick kind of look that Kim K and a lot of these like IG models seem to have that may or may not be real, may or may not be photoshopped heavily in the case of Kim K. Gosh, like how many times hasn't she photoshopped her photos? Well, I saw this thing on TikTok the other day, actually. It was interesting how, like, people catch this. But she has, like, uploaded a lot of pictures to Instagram and then taken them down within, like, minutes or seconds because she realized that, like, a Photoshop edit is bad. So I saw this one where she was, like, at the beach and I don't... It was, like, obviously of her ass. And you could see her leg was, like... 
like half of her calf looked so much smaller than like her other one and yeah. I was like this is not you forgot to photoshop a whole leg yeah and then like you could tell like the background looked like wavy so I was like <laughs> oh bitch yeah but just like young women seeing that kind of thing on their feeds all all the time and seeing those people in reality shows and as the role models is damaging to young girls who then think that that's the way that they should look or Mm -hmm. that that's the ideal way that a woman's body should look and try to to try to even attempt that would be crazy because in so many cases it's photoshopped or not natural they um mentioned something called appearance perfectionism where yeah i know right? <laughs> like it's kind of self-explanatory <laughs> yeah yikes and i mean reading that i'm like oh shit i i already know what that feels like yeah. to you know look at myself and instead of seeing a beautiful body to be like oh this is a little thing that's not good and to i mean if it's not one thing it's another and to constantly pick myself apart and be like I need my like arms to be smaller or I mean I could think of a hundred things that I would criticize myself on because I feel like my body doesn't look perfect the way I see it in like photoshop ads or even women who've had surgery but like certain reality stars will say they didn't (laughs) yeah it's really interesting because like i feel like in the 2000s photoshop was like a huge thing in like magazines but now with like the boom of like instagram and social media and stuff it's like more so and i guess even plastic surgery though because i'm like most people like most women like that will just get if they can afford it they'll just get the bbl or the boob job or whatever it is and just not talk about the fact that they had surgery and just play it off as natural. Whereas, like, before, it was more like on billboards, you'd see women who are, like, unta- unattainably skinny or, like, super tall or, like, super white, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's it's interesting kind of to see the difference between <clears throat> where we are now versus then. Because I don't really see a lot of billboards anymore like that. Not with, like, people on them. I don't no. know. We don't live in L.A., so... You just drop both your fidget toys. Love life. Okay, it's fine. This one's here. <laughs> no, like, I mean, all the billboards I see are when I'm, like, driving out to the ski hill, and it's all, I'm like, you know, yeah, hotels and yeah. beer and shit. It's... Yeah, it's not about women anymore so much. That's more... It's never been about women. Oh, well, no, it's been about No, males. it's been about women, but in the wrong way. Yeah, it's with the male gaze of women. That's <laughs> what it's always been about, because, you know... Men. Men. Yeah, I think that's interesting, though. I think in the next generation, we're definitely going to see, like, I mean, I feel like teenage girls already, like, have it pretty rough, but, like, we're going to see, like, a whole new, like, wave of that because of, like, the boom of plastic surgery and stuff. I feel like, yeah, their mental health is going to be I mean, I crazy bad. I don't know, like... I don't, I don't follow Kylie close enough. But, like, how much do you want to bet that, like, she got to pick her puberty? I'm putting puberty in finger quotes there because 
You know, you see her like in those photos at those oh, award shows I where she's like a twig, yeah. teeny, teeny. With like tiny lips and a flat ass. And, now and then, she's... you know, she said, I, you know, I went through, you know, puberty or like, you know, I was just growing up. And don't get me wrong. You know, boobs do change shape between, like, the ages of, like, 16, 17, and 24. But I get the feeling that a lot of what she will just, like, say is her natural growth and development, she got to choose. Yeah, that's the the funny thing is, is I actually, again, saw a TikTok about this, or <laughs> I see a lot of shit talking about nice. them, but... Because there's, like, photo images, like like image proof or whatever anyway so basically it was like a a few like pictures of kylie at each age from like 16 to like now and just kind of like showing the evolution of like oh this is like what she used to look like and then like seeing the steps of like all of the surgeries that she's had and the funny thing is is like when she turned 18 she looked like like not even before she turned 18 sorry you could see already that she was getting some kind of surgery of some kind. Yeah. Which I was like, okay. Yikes. Yikes. On several bikes. <laughs> yeah. But like the, the curves and stuff kind of came after she even had gone through puberty. So like at the age of like 21 or 22 mm-hmm. is when she, or no, I think it was like 19 or 20. Because how old is she? 23? She's 23 or 24. I know her and I are like pretty close to the same age. Yeah. So like. I think it was, yeah, around, like, 1920 is when she started to get, like, curves. <laughs> but, like, that's not usually when most women... I mean, I didn't get bigger boobs curves. at 18, 19, 20. No. Like, I've been curvy since I was in elementary school. Like, the way that my body is shaped has been like that my whole life. So, like, to see her go from, like... A flat wall to like a woman with a giant ass. I'm like, how? That's not natural. I just yeah. don't understand. Like, I remember lining up and um, I grew boobs too early. Well, not too early. I grew boobs earlier than my classmates. And I remember lining up beside them and just being like, oh my god, everyone else is flat except for me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't grow much after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... I was. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like. Mine just kept growing because, like, I started, I think I got my period in, like, the fifth grade. Yeah, like, for me it was, like, early. yeah, grade five or six. It was yeah, and, early. like, I got boobs right away and they just kept growing. Like, they didn't stop. So, like, by junior high, I think I was a double D already. And I was, like, all right, that's, that's cool. <laughs> and, like, all the girls were, like, oh, I want big boobs. And I'm, like, no, you really don't. No, you like, don't. Especially when you're still so young and I was the a lot man. skinnier when I was the old oh man. My God, dude, I the old men that think just because you have an older <laughs> or like a more mature looking body and I mean that and then they can just look at you even yeah. though you are a child or maybe not child preteen teen. <sighs> like I think I started getting like hit on and stuff like that. I, I don't even know, like age. 12 or 13 like a disgusting and how age. old were they oh well above what like what i don't know if you ever did this but do you know you know what omegle is right i know what 
Omegle. I thought I always thought it was Omegle, but oh, maybe. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. So I... there was that like site, right? But I was always too self conscious to go on the video, and I also didn't like that on the video you just saw random penis all the time. Yeah. And I was like, stop! I don't want to see your crinkly old balls. Like, stop! <laughs> so I would just go on the chat, but there were several men that I met on there who like ended up like coercing me into sending them like nudes or inappropriate videos yeah and, like they'd be like 30 year olds and i would i would yeah. well like oh tell them my age like, yeah they always would be like the asl yes and you would say i am underage and they would know and yeah. they would still knowingly yeah. ask you for that kind of thing yeah pedophiles yeah and that's the thing is like at that age you like don't you don't know you right? don't really know I, i've done the same yeah. i have Unfortunately, created some uh, not appropriate content when I was younger because I thought we'll get more into this with my TV section. Actually, yeah, it's it's interesting, honestly, and it's like kind of a scary thought of like how much um, pornography of children there is out there. Like, it grosses me out, and like yeah. I sometimes even think I'm like. Why did I even send those videos and things? Because, like, my under underage naked body could be somewhere on the internet on some kind of, like, yep. pedo site. And I'm like, ew. Cool. Yeah. So, it's just, like, yeah, it's it's icky. How did we even get into that? We totally went off on the tangent. It was Kim K. I, how did we end up here? <laughs> I think with Kylie, probably. Because we were talking about Kylie. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see the the aftermath of what this time of body image things are going to be. Because like, it's a lot different than when we were younger, right? And like, I don't know, I'm pretty confident for the most part, but like constantly seeing those images, it's like, it's hard. But I feel like if you also kind of filter your social medias to like, be more positive about your body, you don't see that like, body shamey stuff as much and you don't like feel like shit yeah <laughs> that's one way to kind of just like boost your confidence is like start following people and interacting with people's posts who look like you or who like if you're a fat woman follow other fat women if you're a skinny woman follow other skinny women or like you know just follow people that look like you so that you don't constantly see people who don't look like you and you're not constantly comparing yourself because it can definitely be hard <laughs> yeah and it's it's harder for today's kids because, like, most of my growing up, until I was in about grade 9 or 10, like, you know, 15 or 16, I didn't have socials. Like, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. So, I had, I mean, I had my issues with mom, but all of that time where today's kids are staring at social media and staring at these things, like, they're being exposed so much more than us, and mm -hmm. you wonder what kind of impact that's going to have. Yeah, because, like, with things like magazines and billboards, those are, like, things that you can avoid, right? For sure. But now with, like, yeah, social media literally just being, like, a device in your pocket that you can just open and see, like, a million different pictures of a million different people all at once. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Alright, the next piece of tea. Do you have any more? Uh, February is Body Positivity Month. Oh, yes. So, we were kind of thinking about wanting to do something for that. Yeah. And we kind of discussed 
doing like some kind of live on my TikTok. Yeah, just, that would be fun. Yeah. I'd love to do live. Yeah, doing like a hangout. Maybe we'll have some cocktails and chat. I was just gonna say we should get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're gonna do it. We're gonna let's do get it. drunk on TikTok live and talk about body positivity and and whatever else comes up. Yeah, <laughs> probably go live for a few hours and chat, and we'll do some kind of like special podcast yeah. episode too. I don't know what. I'm gonna yet, bring the game. Hell yes. Okay, I don't know what it's going to be, be but there's going to be a game. Oh my god, I'm so I wonder excited. if we can make this interactive. Do you remember Jackbox? I do, yeah. We probably could do something like we that could. for TikTok. Maybe I'll start a Twitch for this. Yeah, we could. Do you think people, do you think people would follow that? Twitch? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. TikTokers aren't really gamers. Some of them are. It really depends. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll put it in a TikTok video and I'll see what people say. Like if they yeah, maybe... just watch the TikTok live or if they would rather go on like a Twitch live. Yeah. And see. I just know Twitch live has a lot more like options. I mean, okay, you know what? Actually, I don't because I've never done a TikTok live. <laughs> but Twitch has a lot of like different things you can do to like really interact with the people watching. I don't know. How's... There is a few things like that on TikTok too. Like you can go live with other people people so like if someone wants to join your live they could like come and join us and like ask us questions so like we could do that but i think that's like the only really way that you can interact with your followers other than just like outwardly talking to like the text that comes up so i don't know maybe we should put a poll on our body positivity page like would you follow a twitch account because i bet we could get enough followers to get affiliate status because then people Yeah, we could start doing, like, live podcasts, too. I think that would be kind of interesting. I think that would be super fun. So we can cut all this out. I got totally distracted. No, that's fine. We're talking about stuff. I'm sure the people like to know about what we're planning. (laughs) February's Body Positivity Month. Yeah. So we'll figure out some ways to celebrate that, and we'll let y'all know on the socials. So I have one last piece of tea. It's kind of an interesting one. Um, So January is kind of like the month where people are like, you know, going through like New Year's resolutions and like one of the biggest New Year's resolutions for most people is like lose weight, eat healthy and like go to the gym. Yeah. All that stuff is like, if you're trying to avoid negative body talk, sometimes it can be hard to avoid because like so many health and fitness companies also kind of like follow the trend of like January being like weight loss month and like people are even influencers are constantly like using like terms like body positivity to like equal health so like there was an influencer that I saw recently she was a curvier woman but she was like talking about how she's trying to get healthier and then started promoting like diarrhea teas oh and I was no just like, not the oh, diarrhea okay. teas <laughs> So, like, ads and stuff are popping up everywhere, you know, and, yeah, just companies are really, like, taking... Well, yeah, gyms make so much money off of the January thing. Like, that's their main source of income, all of those gym memberships where people stay for a month and never come back. Yup. So, I think it's kind of, like, important that we talk a little bit about how you can kind of, like, avoid negative self-body talk during this month so a few of the ways that I found at least helped me is like 
If you're scrolling and you see stuff that you don't necessarily want to see, just click out of it. Like, it's just honestly the best to just, like, either not focus on that or even just take time, like, away from your phone. Like, meditate and kind of, like, give yourself affirmations. And some of the ones that I use um, are saying things like, I am more than my appearance. <coughs> Sorry. I am more than my body. I'm just kind of, like, really thinking about, like, all the positive things about yourself that don't include your appearance or looks and just kind of like helping yourself navigate through feelings of should I lose weight or should I just like love myself? Just love yourself. <laughs> I do the same thing and like on um, when I'm browsing on TikTok, which is yeah my only social, I, I'll take it a step further. If I see someone that's like body shaming or like get in the gym, do your workout, lose that weight, like... I changed my formula. Like, I will mm. click, I don't want to see this. I mean, most mostly when I use that, it's about crusty men talking and having an opinion. <laughs> but, like, I love that I don't want to see this button. It's a good one. Use it. When yeah. you see someone being preachy, if you see a man talking, like, yeah. anything, just, <laughs> I don't want to see it. Get it out of here. Yeah, that's, like, kind of the cool thing about, like, the algorithm now is, like, being able to kind of dictate the things that you see and don't see. So, like... If you really don't want to see, like, gym bros being like, lose that fat or I'm not going to marry you. Like, you know, all these things that just... There was that made me, like, barf in my mouth a little. Oh, my God. We have to talk. We need to make an episode about straight white men podcasts. They shouldn't. They shouldn't exist. Let me tell you this to you. Like, you give a man a microphone and all of a sudden he thinks he can have an opinion. This man, there's this TikTok, I don't even know what, there's not a TikTok, sorry, there's a podcast, I don't even know what it's called because I don't care. Um, There's this, like, these three gym bros basically sitting around a table talking about... I think I know the one. Do you think you know what I'm going to say? Talking about how... After his wife has a baby, she basically needs to lose weight and get her shit together or he's going to leave her. I think Drew Atwallow <laughs> did this one. Oh, yes. And she definitely was, talked about it. I mean, she does all the good ones, but... Honestly, she would be our dream guest on our podcast. Yes. One day, maybe. One of these days. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's like... The podcast goal. We should make a vision board for the podcast and hang it somewhere I like in this that. room. We should do that. Cork board. Yes, we should do vision boards and wine or something. We need to get drunk more. We need to get drunk more. <laughs> we suck at drinking. Every time we hang out, we're like, and like we say we're gonna get drunk. We'll we both have like one drink and be like, let's just smoke weed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. <sighs> yeah, we should. Try those. Okay, I'm gonna bring over the rest of the good tequila. Remember the stuff that you tried and you were like, this stuff, like, let's just do it. I never even drink it at home. It sits in my cabinet. Let's make Margs or something. Let's do it. You know what? Margs I can always get drunk on. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I guess the only, the other, the only other thing I wanted to say is that taking, like, self-care time, like, off of social media is so important and like I get it because like you know when you're like in the TikTok and like you're scrolling through and liking things you just kind of consume in time and then you're like 
oh shit, I just spent two hours scrolling through bullshit. So like, listen to the TikToker who's like, hey, you've, you've been, been watching a little too long. too long. Listen to him. I don't like seeing his face, but that's when I know that I yeah, need to Yeah, that's like, when you know you need to get out. <laughs> so yeah, just like taking time away from social media and like doing things that bring you joy. So like reading, going for walks, taking baths, like whatever your self-care method is, do that. I'm just going to take this chance to plug one of my favorite TikTokers. His name is at Dreadful Bird. Uh, he's the one who does the, um, he's like, hey there. And he does a cute little laugh. And he's like, <laughs> takes a moment to be grateful and say that we have time and that we're safe. And it's the same TikTok every time. But when it pops up in my feed, I always watch it and enjoy it. And it's like a nice little 30 second break from everything else that I'm experiencing and he's wonderful go check him out <laughs> yeah seeing those reminders can be helpful sometimes honestly I don't like always focus on it's kind of hard to like not focus on negative things it's like how fucked the world is but like yeah just taking time to kind of like have some gratitude and be grateful for like the good things that do happen in life yeah all right so segment. Time to get into the thick of it. Alright, so each of us are going to be kind of breaking down and talking a little bit about different forms of TV shows and kind of talking about like, we each have three different topics to talk about. So mine, I chose to focus on reality TV. Very good one. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. So the three things I chose to unpack were stereotypes of characters. And I put characters in, like, quotations, because, like, you know, reality TV says there isn't characters, but, like, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, the next one is fat representation, and then the third one is ethics surrounding how producers provoke the stars to do what they want to create a narrative. And then, Jane, if you want to tell them more. Um, I picked uh, TV shows aimed towards, like, teens and young adults. And the three things I really want to unpack with those kinds of shows are over-sexualization, uh, classism, and heteronormativity. Things we probably see a little too much of. But, oh, yeah. Ellie, you take, you take the first one. All right. Oh, boy. Sorry, y'all. I have, um... <laughs> I have... Hella essays of notes written down here to try and Good, <laughs> collect my a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the first part of, or I guess the first thing I want to talk about is stereotypes of characters in quotations. So, having stereotypes represent marginalized groups can sometimes be more harmful than having no representation at all. So, what I mean by that is, like, say, for example... A white person who grows up in a small town and doesn't really see anything outside of their own white culture views. Yes. And then they watch, or I guess they hear stereotypes about marginalized people and they watch reality TV and only see stereotypes that they have heard of marginalized people represented. They're going to <clears throat> then assume that those are the only kinds of people of marginalized groups that exist, if that makes sense. So, like... Yeah, they pick up, like, the... Oh, that's what... Um, that's what all fat people are like. That's what all... Black people, black are, people like. are like. That's what that's, all disabled people are like. That's it's, what all gay people are yeah. like. So, I guess... 
Sorry, I'm like dying today. Anyways, the first show I kind of wanted to talk about. I need some water. Hold up. <coughs> Sorry. I was talking a lot, my god. The first show I kind of want to talk about is Big Brother. I don't think that you watched that show. But I've seen a bit of it. Yeah, so you seen, kind like, of I know, know the, the premises. I know the yeah. premise. I, yeah, I know the idea. Yeah, so this year <laughs> they had their first black winner. And just take a guess on time. how many seasons they've had. <laughs> 80. No, that's too many. Yeah. Um, like 40. That's still too many. Um, I thought that was like episodes. Um, seasons? 15. 23. No, that's... <laughs> yeah. Did anyone stop and think like, hey, after 20 seasons of Big Brother, like, we can think of a new game show. Yeah. Like, it's an interesting show to watch, but the other thing that I was going to talk about is kind of like every season, they always kind of like handpick certain stereotypes of people to kind of like talk about... I don't even talk about, like, that's the thing is, like, up until recently, Big Brother hasn't really ever given spotlight or even really time to any marginalized groups to tell their stories. Like, usually yeah. when there's downtime and, like, all the people are hanging out and they're kind of, like, you know, getting to know each other better and talking about their real-life struggles, it's usually only white people talking about, like, oh, yeah, like, my parents divorced, man, that, like, that really affected me. And, like, oh, that's fine. That's a struggle. But, like... Yeah. You need to have representation of different struggles because not every, and most people who like are marginalized, it's not their story is like, that's not their struggle, right? So up until this year, they haven't really given space or even time or even like the stereotypes of <clears throat> people of color on Big Brother. Usually there's like one or two people of color on the show and they usually get kicked out within the first like three to four weeks yeah so this year we saw i think it was six or seven um people of color on the show but there was an alliance on there of all black people and they basically they made it to final six and one of them won so that was like the first time in history that even that many people of color made it to final six which is like <laughs> about time so some of the stereotypes that they like focus a lot in shows these are like very basic stereotypes to be honest with you so um some of like the black people stereotypes that they have a lot is like usually if they have a black woman on the show she's you know the overly loud sassy attitude black woman which is, like, always the same. And, like, in the house, she's usually always the one to, like, start shit or, like... Create drama. Yeah. But, like, loud, you know be. that these things are done by the producer specifically to get the story and, like, form a narrative around these people that they put onto TV. Because, like, when they're in the... What is that called? The diary room, I guess? I didn't know this until recently, but there's producers sitting in there talking to them and interviewing them. Yeah, I thought that's they how were... they get, like, that's how they pull things out of context. Yeah, I had no idea that was a thing until this year, and then, like, someone on the show was talking to a producer, and the producer responded to him, and I'm like, oh, so he's, like, in there. I didn't know they were actually yeah. in there. So, yeah, so <laughs> there's that, and then the other one that we see a lot on uh, Big Brother specifically is, like, the nerdy or, like, over-intelligent black man who's, like, very, like, 
he's very like intelligent and religious and like that's kind of like all that's that thing. Yeah, that's it. But there's like no there's no development depth to who he is as a person they, other than those things. Yeah, or they don't talk about his struggles, right? It's just kind of like a this Here's is who I am and this is all I am. But like give time and space for people to talk real shit. Like we don't need to see these stereotypes of people. So like, there's only so many <coughs> my parents got divorced I'm not willing to listen to. Like, I want to hear different stories every season. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's also important, too, for marginalized people to see themselves on TV, right? Because if you're only seeing one story, like, how can you relate to that? And yeah. then you feel very, like, alone in the fact that, like, well, no one else relates to me about these things. But, like, it's a real struggle. And I'm sure that there are people who relate to you on these things and go through these things, but they're just not represented enough in shows or really in the media at all, to be honest with you. <laughs> For sure. I mean, are there a lot of gays on? Yeah, that was the other thing about Big Brother is that like, usually there's one or two like gay people. Token gay characters. Yeah, like a token, yeah. very flamboyantly gay man oh, is usually okay, the token yeah. Gay person. However, on this season again, they had, I think they had a bisexual girl and two gay guys. Nice. That's which was like new. More gays than usual. I oh, like there was also a bisexual black man on the show too, which was love to see it. Yeah. So like they're starting to progress in that, but like it's also a little bit too late. Like you're twenty three yeah. seasons in, and now is the time that you're like, okay, it's time to start representing. Like what was stopping you before? <coughs> What's going on with my throat? Sorry. Um, some of the other stereotypes that they've like followed basically since season one is like the dumb aggressive jock, the overly religious black person, which I kind of talked about before, the hot girl who loves to start drama, uh, the egotistical, hot, tall, dark, and handsome guy, the loner nerd, the dorky, quirky girl. Um, oh shoot, sorry, I lost my place. Oh, and then, like, the well, the article that I read called it the spicy Latina, which I didn't like that. That I gave like me that cringe. Either. But, like, I, I know I what, it, know means. what <laughs> it means in, like, the way of, like, having attitude and, like, you know, that's a huge stereotype of um, Latinas. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even with the quirky girl, it's like they... I feel like it's such a misrepresentation because they always pick the quirks that are cute and yeah. the ones that are acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like they don't show, you know, people with real things that people do. Like I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, my mind's blanking. I mean I mean look at me, I'm holding a fidget toy right now, so is Allie. Yeah. <laughs> like when is the last time you saw people do this on a show? Like it just doesn't seem as acceptable as a quirk. No, it's, yeah, it's usually, like, the the nerdy, it's, like, you, the nerdy hot girl. You yeah, know, like, like the, nerd the one thing that's, like, media. you know, has acceptable things that are, like... Like a streamer girl with giant yeah, tits and glasses and plays video games. Like, that's... Yeah. So They're weird in a way that's appealing to the audience. Yeah, and that's, like, the biggest thing I think about reality TV, too, is, like... They're very choosy with who they pick for these things, and that's very intentional, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. even on reality shows, I just found this out, actually, there are writers that exist on these shows. 
I didn't know that. Because, like, why would you need to re- a writer on a show that's reality? But I think, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like they probably sit down and kind of, like, talk about what kinds of people or what kind of stereotypes they want people to play and like they very much hold on to one thing so like if they interview and cast a girl say for the bachelor who like has a little bit of like crazy in her in their like interview say for example they're gonna like hold on to that and she's gonna be like the crazy of the season yeah or like yeah it's it's a whole thing man we'll kind of get more into that and, like, m- more into, like, the ethics around that once we get into that topic. But, um, the next one that I have is fat representation. So, kind of going back to The Bachelor, if you watch the show, I don't even know how many seasons the show has. There's gotta be, like, 40 seasons. The, the Bachelor, Bachelor franchise is The Bachelor franchise is huge. Because there's too big. The Bachelor, The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. Then there's The Bachelor at Canada, Bachelor... Canada and Bachelor in Paradise Canada. <laughs> and there's so many like, like other spin-offs or are those all? I like, think isn't Love Island a spin-off from The Bachelor. No, I think it's just a whole other show. But they also used to have this show I think it was called The Bachelor Pad and I honestly did not watch it. I remember it that I one. So the Bachelor young. Pad. But what what was it? Do you remember I, what it was about? I don't remember if this is real or this is a weird dream I've had that we both had. <laughs> But no, the show I remember the Bachelor pod was like one. It was kind of like it's kind of like the Bachelor and Big Brother had just like this big ugly baby together, <laughs> where they all were trapped in the same house with an elimination style thing. But it was not like Big Brother where they were just getting to know each other. It was like the Bachelor where he was trying to pick one of his like twelve roommates or something. Interesting. Oh yeah, it's kind of like Bachelor in Paradise. It looks like. Oh, yeah, it's literally just the old version of that. But it only lasted two years. It's interesting. All right, well. because it was too poor looking to have them in a house. <laughs> they have to be on a tropical island. Oh, God. Yeah, so just kind of, like, in that, like, the, um, the interesting thing that I think is kind of, like, a lot of these reality shows started... In the 2000s where it was like, not that it was ever acceptable, but where it was like more acceptable for people not to see representations of themselves in the media. In the media, So if you look at like the older seasons, it's literally all, actually no. up until like three or four seasons ago, it's been basically all straight white men and women. And like, there's no representation of anything. God, they all look exactly the same. <laughs> That's what I was saying to Josh, and I, like, we used to, I used to watch it, and then when I, like, first met him, and then I kind of, like, got sick of, like, the same thing over and over and over again of, like, oh, you know, white love and, like, all this stuff, and I'm, like, I get that, but I'm, like, that's not everybody, so, like, yeah, up until recently, there's usually, again, was one or two black people on the show, and, like, again, they filled some kind of stereotype or role, and they weren't there long enough for you to actually get to know them or hear them talk about anything real so like yeah it's just (laughs) I don't even know like it's just now they have kind of started doing more of that like on the bachelor I think it's bachelor in paradise they have a lot more like interracial couples and they have a lot more people of color but there isn't really ever any representation of fat or even 
like heavy, like people. yeah, like even like thicker girls. There's no representation of that at all. It's literally no, it's like you have usually, to be a size eight or less to go on the show. Yes, basically, it's usually just super skinny women, right? So, I think one of the like the reasons for this is like the media has this skewed notion, and they've like pushed us on a lot of people that like. S- Nobody finds fat people attractive and, like, they're all just gross and lazy and ugly. But, like, that's not true. There's such a huge market for people and, like, a huge section of people that love fat people and that are, like, into them in a non-fetishy way. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I think that that's partially why there hasn't really been any fat representation on that show. Um, and, like, usually if fat people are are represented in any kind of show, it's usually not reality. Because even if you look at things like Big Brother, there's never been a fat person on that no. show. There's never been a fat person on, that I know, like, shows like Survivor and stuff, right? Or, like, even, I don't, do you know the show Naked and Afraid? Yes, I know the show Naked and Afraid. <laughs> or there's, a, there's another one called Naked and in Love, and it's fucking hilarious. There's an episode that yeah. I saw... The guy meets the girl, and she, like, moves her hair from her tit, and he instantly pops a boner. And they're butt-ass naked, so she saw everything. <laughs> so awkward. Wow. Kind of That's one of those shows you watch as a drinking game, or, like, you know, just for the cringe value. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> naked people trying to find... You know what? No, we watched Naked Attraction. What can we oh, say? Oh, yeah, that's also true. I was like, I feel like we've seen a show like that before. Cause we but have. Naked Attraction was really fucking inclusive. Yeah, it is. That's the thing. Like, Which is surprising because it was a British show. And, like, usually British shows are very, like... I found British shows to be pretty good. Like, I see real-looking people, and I don't watch a lot of British shows, but uh, there was the one, um, the Thongs and Snogging show. That one oh, has some real-ass people in it. That was such an old-ass... I know. Was like, it a movie? It was books first, but then it was... They did, like, a brief TV show of it. Interesting. I don't think it lasted long. They usually don't. <laughs> but, yeah, like, in reality TV, the only, like, reality shows that kind of feature or focus on fat people at all are shows like My 600-Pound Life and, like, The Biggest Loser. That one is another... Yeah. Just that title in itself is problematic, to be honest with <laughs> you. So, like... All these shows of, like, fat people being the main person. The only struggles that they have in that show is losing weight. But, like, for a lot of fat people, that's not their real-life struggles, right? Like, not Mm -hmm. all fat people want to lose weight. So, like, portraying that and portraying these fat people as basically just their health journey is really the only kind of representation that they have, that we have in the media for fat people. The only other show that I can think of as a positive representation, or kind of, I guess, a positive representation, would be, um, oh shit, what is it called? I think it's called, like, My Big Fat Fabulous Life or something. It's about this, um, fat white woman. I think she, like, made a dance video and it it went viral on YouTube or something, and then she got her own show. You know how TLC is. (laughs) They give anyone a show if it can make them some money. (laughs) It's like... So, next up's gonna be Big Ed's show. No, I hate him. I know, right? But we keep talking about him online, so he's gonna get his own show, and it's gonna be awful. It's gross to me, because I don't know if you've seen this girl on TikTok. She's gone viral quite a few times, but she was, like, sexually assaulted by him, or, like, she accused him of of sexually assaulting her. Yeah. 
And like they still continue to fucking put him on the yep. show. But it's because he makes them a lot of money. <laughs> Remember Jeffrey? Like Varya's he Jeffrey. Went to jail, hey. For like misdemeanor yeah. charges. And she like I'm pretty sure I don't think it was her who put the I think it was his ex. And that's partially why he went to jail, and he talked about that in the season of him going to jail, but they didn't really talk about why. But, yeah, she, like, was then on Instagram, like, defending him and shit, and I was like, he beat another woman, why are you gonna do it to you? Like, so, that was unfortunate. (laughs) So, I think the other kind of, like, stereotype that I've seen, um, a lot of fat people is, like, um, I don't even know what you would call this stereotype. The, the what I wrote down is like the old fat black woman who is just there to help the protagonist in their hero's journey. So kind of like the the again with the, like the side character that really doesn't have any depth or background to them at all. It's just like, hey, I'm here to help you continue. Yeah, that, I'm here to right? assist you in your yeah, journey. I'm, I'm not here to be a character of my own. Yeah, and like there's no character development. So I think that that like also definitely goes back to like white supremacy in the media and stuff and just like the fact that like basically to a lot of white people black people don't mean anything except for to be there to assist them yeah like to help right so i'm like this is yeah it all ties back to like white supremacy and slavery and stuff and like the way that like this is the only representation that you get and that's it like (laughs) um and even in like the have you ever seen the movie Hairspray? Yes. <laughs> so, that movie, I think, was, like, the first time as a kid that I saw a fat woman semi-represented okay in the media. But that movie is pretty problematic, to be honest with you. Like, they say the N-word quite a few times in that It's show. been a long time. I don't yeah. remember it. But, yeah, I remember there was, like, stuff I was like, oh, I don't know. Is that... I, is that- okay that was in like 2010 maybe 2011 maybe earlier but yeah so the one thing that i kind of like saw as a kid in this movie was like i saw this woman who for the first time ever was like a character like a main character that was a fat woman which is like what i was right so it's nice to like see that represented in the media but like Throughout her entire, like, journey of, like, being, like, getting onto the show and, like, doing all these things, she always was just kind of, like, self-conscious about herself and always, like, I don't want to say overly talking about her journey of self-love, but, like, they don't really talk about that because like, it's always just, like, oh, well, I'm not good enough for him. Like, when she started dating Zac Efron's yeah. character, like oh, like, why do you want to date me? I'm just a fat girl. Like, I don't even know if she said that, but, like, that's very much kind of, like, the story. Yeah. Right? And, like, they make that very apparent. So, yeah, it's just, like... And to put that as the mindset and, like, this is what fat people are... Yeah. ...is damaging to young gals who are watching and being like, you know, oh, so I have to question whether my partner likes me because I'm this way, like... Yeah, 100%. It is. And, like, the thing, too, is even, like, because when I met my husband, that was, what, four, almost five years ago? Like, I was 18. Like, I was a a child, right? So, I'm not a child. I don't want to say that. That makes sound Josh sound icky. But, like, yeah, my body changed a lot. So, I 
like, kind of had this moment of, like, once I, like, stopped taking birth control, I, like, gained a bunch of weight and, like, all this stuff. And, like, I was very self-conscious for a long time. Because, like, when I see pictures that I used to send Josh, I'm like, holy shit, I do not look like that anymore. But, like, I'm constantly, like, you know, rethinking it myself of, like, oh, well, does he love me because I'm, like, does he still love me even though I am fat? But, like, yeah, he's told me multiple times, he's like, I don't care what your body looks like. Like, he's like, I will find you attractive no matter what because I like you for who you are. And, like, that's what it really should be about, right? It shouldn't be about, like, representing fat people as, like, oh, I need to lose weight. Like, oh, this and this. And, like, that's always the only struggle that fat people have, which is, like, not yeah actually real life. <laughs> I mean, one other one I'm gonna yeet in there yeah. real quick is like the goofy, the goofy fat person. Oh, like the funny fat friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I totally forgot about that one. Don't know it's, how. it's a stereotype, basically, like saying that oh, because your body looks like this, you like your only redeeming quality is being goofy. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Like in the movie Pitch Perfect, like Rebel Wilson, Rebel her Wilson character was literally just about her being funny. Talk about Melissa McCarthy. She's another one. Or like, oh my god, Rebel Wilson, Rebel Wilson is also problematic as fuck, man. She like what she do. So he, she lost a bunch of weight, right? Like oh. she got really skinny. And is she being preachy now? Yes. Then oh. she went on some. I don't know the exact words she said, but basically she was like body shaming people and being like. Like, just kind of, like, following the stereotypes of, like, oh, like, I was unhappy, I was fat, I was ugly, like, all these things, and I'm just, like, cool. And then I guess in an interview, somebody picked up the fact that she said that she purposefully got fat for comedy because she knew that, like, fat people are funnier to people, right? So she wanted to, like, play off that, and then as soon as she got big, she lost all the weight. So I'm, like... (sighs) It's always the ex-fat people that will always then go and body shame other people. I'm just like, why? You were one of us. Yeah, like, I think it, though, it has something to do with the fact that they, especially, like, when people see fat people, or I guess, like, ex-fat people see current fat people living their best lives and loving themselves and just kind of not giving a fuck about what people think, they get... I don't want to say jealous, but, like, they still have a lot of, like, hate for themselves inside. So they see those people being happy and they're like, why? Like, I wasn't happy like that. I'm, I'm not even happy now. So, like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But the next and last thing that I want to kind of talk about is... Oh, this one is a big one. <laughs> um, ethics surrounding how producers provoke the stars to do what they want. So... Yeah, it's honestly very interesting because if you don't do the research and you don't kind of, like, see the things that the producers see, you don't, like, know that these things are happening behind the scenes. But... What the fuck? You just got that on your phone, right? I don't know where to find it, though. What does yours say? At 2.30 p.m. on Thursday, two-year-old... I'm not going to say that name. Interesting. 
All right, well, sorry, we just got like a weird emergency alert on our phones. I don't even remember where we were. Um, it was ethics time. Oh yeah, so like, unless you kind of like see these things or you like know about these things, you don't really know if that makes sense. So like some of the tactics that producers do use to like manipulate contestants is like, things like adding extra guests so like say for example on the bachelor in paradise they at the very like each week they'll kind of add in a different person depending on like which week it is so they'll sometimes add in women they'll sometimes add in men but like close to the end when people are like paired off and kind of already ready to like you know get engaged or leave together they'll throw in like a few random extra people to kind of like stir up the tea like you know what i mean yeah like to make someone be like oh yeah, like, hey, you're not even really going to fall in love here, probably, but, no. like, you'll be here to cause drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are any of them going to fall in love there? I don't know. Some of them do, but, like, then there's some people that I'm just, like, yikes. <laughs> so, another way that they, like, that they manipulate these people is that, kind of like how I talked about before, how they will handpick certain people, certain types of people, and like handpick certain things from these people's characters to fill in stereotypes for them basically so i don't know if you have you ever seen the bachelor in paradise no okay so basically there was this girl who was on there she was on the bachelor first then she went on to bachelor in paradise two or three times i believe and there was this guy so her name was ashley his name was jerry i remember ashley <laughs> I, she was on the bachelorette yeah I yes. remember her season. No, she was on The Bachelor. She was a contestant on She was on a contestant bachelor. on The Bachelor and then went on to Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, I just remember her season. But yeah, she I don't so basically like what happens is like what they show and the kind of like narrative and like stereotypes they played for her was like she was this crazy girl who was in love with this one guy. And, like, he wanted nothing to do with her, but she was so madly in love with him. And, like, she was constantly crying on the show. However, like, and they basically made it seem like he was so disinterested that he, like, thought she was disgusting and, like, just crazy. They're now married and expecting a baby. So I'm like, clearly she was not as crazy. Yeah, I'm like, they were obviously playing that up quite a bit. Because, like, why would he marry her if he thought that she was so disgusting and crazy? Okay, just fun statistic to throw in here. Out of 25 seasons of The Bachelor and 17 seasons of The Bachelorette, 14 couples are still together. Are you serious? That kind of surprises me. That seems like a lot. I was going to say that does not seem like very many. Because, like, there's so many seasons and so many, like, spinoffs and shit that I'm like, yikes, that's wild, though. I mean, honestly, it's a weird fucking way to date, to be honest with you. So I, I yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So then, the like, a few of the other ways that they manipulate the contestants is that they film basically everything so throughout the day so that they, like, have more footage to, like, splice together and, like, kind of create drama, right? Yeah. So, like, what they do a lot is they take things out of context. So, like, if someone is speaking in an interview and they say this person said this about this person, they then could splice that together with another clip and make it look like this girl's talking shit about this girl. And then they air that on TV, right? So then it just, like, creates unnecessary drama. So the other thing... Actually, this is 
something that I just found out about while I was reading this article is that they will add like extra beeps. So like if someone's like swearing, they'll just kind of like add extra things in there to make it sound more dramatic and intense. So like if someone says like, I don't know, you're a fucking bitch or something or like just like fuck you and then like starts talking, they'll like add extra bleeps within the sentence to make it sound like the person is like losing their shit. Yeah. Which is... <sighs> I watch Hell's Kitchen and they don't have to do that. <laughs> Oh, Gordon Ramsay, what a guy. <laughs> he makes enough of them himself. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, they, like, they do, yeah, they do a lot of shit. I feel like they also, like, another thing that I learned is that they asked cast members to, like, recreate events. So, like, basically what I was hearing is that, like, the producers will kind of, like, if something happens off camera that they think is interesting, they'll ask the two people to kind of, like, recreate it and then like they just kind of end up getting so heated in the moment that they filmed it and it just looks like a real interaction but it wasn't actually at all <laughs> or even when they're doing interviews they'll ask kind of like thought-provoking questions about like oh like did you hear about what so-and-so is doing or like did so-and-so tell you about this or like you should go talk to this person and, like, talk it out with them and see what happens. And, like, that's kind of where they form more drama from, right? I mean, the questions they ask are asked in a way where, like, they they make strategic questions to ask yeah. these people mm -hmm. so that they say certain things and they can be torn out of context and yep. used to create more drama from the views. Yeah. And the other thing that I thought was very interesting, too, is that... They constantly are, like, getting the contestants drunk, which, like, you know is going to stir up drama because, like, some people just can't handle their alcohol, yeah. right? So it just gets out of hand. And, like, even on The Bachelor in Paradise, I don't even actually know what happens or what happened, but, like, basically these two people got drunk. And I, I don't, this is complete accusations. I don't know if any of this is true, but in the show, two people got drunk and supposedly the guy sexually assaulted the girl now i don't know if that is true because the girl that was like i that's like that's that's the tricky thing with reality tv is you really like can't tell where the blurred lines are because like they shut down the whole production they had like a special talking to him about all these things and like he still swears to this day that it like they were both drunk so it was consensual but like now anytime somebody googles his or her name that's all that's gonna come up right so like they very much played on that drama to make it look like this is drama and like not an actual issue that could have yeah. actually taken place because like what if this girl actually did get sexually assaulted and he's just still chilling yeah like they just played that up as drama when i'm like that's not drama though like that shit's traumatic that's something as that you fuck. have to take seriously yeah like if that happens on the show the season's done that's it that's all but to think that they were just like, oh, this may have happened, but let's just keep going. Let's just... Well, yeah, then, like, in the show, they, like, took a break. So they sent everybody to, like, hotels to chill in hotels for a week. And then I think they kicked off the two contestants that had their little yeah. situation. And then they resumed. So they just kept going. So I'm like... Oh, that's kind of crazy to me. Okay. <laughs> like, some possible event that could be life ruining for this girl just happened and you're just going to keep continuing the season okay so i think 
yeah, like overall in shows, especially reality TV shows, there really isn't ethics around these things. Like people get away with so much shit. <laughs> like to be a producer on a reality TV show, you have to be a certain type of person. I feel like you kind of have to be good at manipulating, to be honest with you. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if that's a really good trait to have. It's really not. <laughs> There's time and place and this isn't it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Is there a time and place? I don't really know. I don't know. I mean, if you're being kidnapped by someone and you manipulate them to get out, then sure. That's a great place. That's a perfect, perfect time. Other than that, I'm not sure it's a good thing. Alright, so yeah, in conclusion, reality TV is very problematic. And I think, yeah, it's really hard to sometimes kind of tell where the lines of, like, reality is and where the lines of this is literally just for TV actually are. I don't really think most people have figured that out, to be honest with you. I don't even think the producers have figured that out. (laughs) So, yeah, reality TV is, honestly... I don't want to talk too much shit because I do love reality TV. I won't lie. It's like my oh, yeah, I watch pleasure. it too. But like when watching it, you just have to remember that this is not all necessarily real. So like don't go and like hate on someone just because they supposedly did a, a shitty thing on TV because like you don't know if they actually did or if it was just a played for drama or what it was. So yeah. Take your reality TV with a grain of salt, my dudes. Yeah, honestly, that's the moral of the story. (laughs) Okay, we're going to talk about some teen dramas. Um, I've got three kind of things I wanted to go over, like Allie had her three. Um, I think I already mentioned it, but my first one is over-sexualization. This is something that, in my own body positivity and mental health journey, I've realized has had a huge effect on me personally. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to start with two shows that I know are um, not the best for this. And those would be Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl's going to come up a couple times on this one, actually. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I I love Gossip Girl, but it's got so many problems. Yeah, I feel like for its time, it was a good show. But like now, looking back, you're like, oh, yikes. Is this what we watched? Yeah. Um, and the other would be, I haven't seen the original, but the reboot of Beverly Hills 90210. Interesting. That one was one that I watched, like, the entire series. I, that was one of the only teen dramas I ever finished. Oh, no way. <laughs> and I just remember, like, looking at those shows, and, I mean, not only is every character not a teenager as they should be going to high school but like a fully grown adult Mm -hmm. and for the men yeah we'll talk about men for the men this (laughs) means they're tall and they have developed bodies muscles in places where grown-up men's muscles should be eight packs sure let's like you know liam has an eight pack on 90210 it's like gosh liam like men teenage boys don't look like that Unless they're on the fucking rowing team. Even then. Even then, it's like, no teenage boys looked like that when I was a teenager. No, and they've got, like, beards and... Yeah. So, you know, as a 14, 15, 16-year-old gal watching this, I'm like, hmm, like, where are my boobs? And look at the way these people dress and Mm -hmm. the way they accentuate, like, their bodies and... 
why don't I look like that and how can I change myself to be more like these absolute grown-ass people that are on TV. Yeah. And for me that meant like even down to the way I would dress like changing myself to be like flattering curves I didn't even have or trying to look well made up and put together having a full face of makeup at like grade eight every day to go to school because I had pimples and I didn't see those on tv so those shouldn't exist yeah. <laughs> and that was one thing that really I think it's got like a bad impact on kids not just girls uh but like Teens, for, teens sure. for sure, who are learning their body and learning their sexuality and... <laughs> Sorry, the dog just walked into he the room. He walked up to me, licked my foot, and then sat down. Thank you, Mr. Bing. Ew, and now he's licking his own feet. Ew. Weirdo. Foot licker. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> my thought for a minute there but I think that oh yeah I'm talking about like sexuality and discovering that kind of thing and I'll get into this more later but when you see the relationships that develop between characters on these teen shows mm -hmm. um, let's talk about Chuck oof he is yeah. Chuck from Gossip Girl is a real piece of work as much as I love to love him. <laughs> I mean, in the first episode of Gossip Girl, he, tried to he tries to sexually assault Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. So, there you go already with your representation of this is what teenage sexuality is. Yeah, and these things are okay. And these things are normal. These things are okay. These raging parties where girls get whisked up to their roof and assaulted, these things are normal and just to be swept under the rug like it's no big deal. And that women should be more ashamed of sex than men and that mm -hmm. the men on these shows are hot and, you know, they have a lot of experience and where does that come from? And what does it mean for young men who are who think that they have to have all of this experience and might go about it in dubious ways yeah i think it also too kind of like yeah i feel like there's just so many like expectations on that show because like i'm thinking about like chuck and blair's relationship and how like glorified it was and how actually abusive and fucked up it was on both yeah. ends and i'm like Yikes. <laughs> For sure. It's... And I mean, not even just sexuality, but like healthy relationships are an important yeah. thing for kids and teens to learn about and to have good representation. And the stuff we see on these shows is not that. And mm -hmm. I'm going to talk a lot more about this in my third one, but think of... Like, put yourself in the shoes of a gay kid who is watching these TV shows and these hyper-masculine men and these, like, very feminine women and 
all of this the straight and hetero relationships and just not seeing that representation for yourself and well it's not said out loud it's a very loud message of it's not okay or normal to be gay mm -hmm. yeah there's uh one scene in particular that just really bugs me with the sexuality thing though and this one it's from Riverdale and <laughs> there's actually a lot of scenes from Riverdale that make me unhappy but another story <laughs> um and that would be I think it was in the first or second episode where Betty and Veronica are going to uh trying out for the cheer team and as part of their like audition move they kiss each other oh do you remember that yes yeah. I do like that just the glorification there's just so many levels of problematic to yeah. that I mean first of all it's saying you know gay women or lesbian women are something to be viewed sexually yeah. and for the male gaze, for the male right? gays because the man sitting there doing the auditions I'm pretty sure he just came in his pants and <laughs> They're like, yeah, of course, you're on the cheer team immediately because you did this. Yeah. And what does that say to, like, you know, young girls who are curious about their sexuality? And what does that say about what women have to do to please men? And Yeah, that's, like, the interesting thing, I think, is that, like, the glorification of, like, lesbian couples or like just really women who are into other women so bisexual women gay women yeah it's all like very much like oh you can be gay and like it's hot but like as soon as like people talk about like the real issues of like hey my relationships don't actually need to be sexualized you don't need to like get horny and like over sexualize me because i'm gay like that's gross why are you doing that like so i'm just like being gay is not like, the way that it's portrayed in media of, like, this, the over-sexualization of, like, women-on-women women love is just very, like, even if you look at, like, porn. Yeah. Lesbian porn is so... It's not made for women. No. It's not made for gays. It's not made for... Which is gross, because I'm like, that's what the porn should be... That's, that's who the that's, porn should be made for. Yeah. Gay it's porn is... lesbian women. Like... I don't know. I don't watch a whole lot of gay porn, but, um... Like, I get the feeling that... I'm not a gay man. I yeah. will never be a gay man. I don't have a penis. I don't have the male experience. But gay porn seems a lot like more like it's made for men who are gay. Yeah. Whereas when you look at lesbians, you're like, oh my god, this was made for some straight dude. Because it's two women that a straight yeah. dude would find attractive doing things that a straight dude would find attractive. And honestly... Like, even finding, oh, this isn't going to be TMI or whatever, like, finding. I just admitted I watched some gay porn, like, art. Hasn't everybody good. watched gay porn, though? Like, as a kid, I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Because, like, I knew from a young age yeah. that I was bisexual, so I was like. I just think it's kind of mm. interesting. And, yeah. like, it seems more well done than straight porn. <laughs> straight porn is fucking boring, man. I just... Straight porn is, um... Let's do a whole episode on straight porn. We're going to do a whole episode on porn, period. Yeah. Because, like, there's so much to unpack There's so there. much to unpack there. Save this for another episode. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, back to teen TV shows though, one good example that I've always really loved and I have a soft spot for is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Interesting, I've never that seen one, it. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still adults playing teenagers. There's still a very problematic relationship between the main characters, Buffy and Angel, who have a very large age difference and also the power dynamic in that relationship could be... I don't know. It's it's a little weird. It's a little but icky. It's a little icky, yeah. <laughs> but that's one of those shows where women were a little more respected for saying no. Um, like, characters didn't dress overly sexual. And relationships seemed to be, like, more on the healthy side than we're just doing this for show. There... Don't get me wrong again, the show definitely has its issues, but that was one that I really liked for at least seeing seeing characters that were more realistic. Yeah. And not like overly overly sexual. Yeah. It's also interesting too, like I think like why do teenagers need to be sexualized is my question. Why do teenagers like, need children. to be sexy? They're literally children. They're literally like I I don't understand why, like, I think, you know, if the, if the age of consent is 18, why are people who are portraying people under 18 Playing, like this? Because yeah. I'm like, there's so many, like, they're also, like, talk about the fact that, like, teen sex scenes, like, I know that they're not actually teens, but, like, in TV shows, they portray teens having sex. Why yes. do we need to see that? Because, like, Riverdale is a big one for that. Yeah, like, Riverdale has, scene, like, a sex scene in every episode. There is a scene specifically in the past few seasons. There is a scene where Archie and Veronica, I think? I don't really... I only got through the first season, so I'm not quite sure. I think it's Archie and Veronica. Anyways, they're dating, and, like, there's this literally this whole montage of them, like, fucking in different parts of this house. So there's, like, the shower scene, the bed oh, scene. Wow. Like, oh, wow. Oh, I think like, I know the one. Why Wait, is this the one where it was, like, Archie and Veronica and Betty and Jughead at the same time? Because they did a whole montage on that one, the last last episode of the first season. They even did, like, an Imagine Dragons song to it. I think I remember. That's not what I was talking about, but yes, no. I do remember that. There was, like, a scene where they're literally just fucking everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like... Why? I don't need to like see these are people under eighteen. Sense. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to know about it. Like you can imply it without making me look at people who are supposed to be teenagers getting naked. Yeah. Because I'm like teens do have sex, right? But then that's like also the thing that like, unless you're in a long term relationship and you're really open with your person when you're a teenager. You're not it's orgasming during sex if you're female. Probably not. I just want to yeah. say that. Like, I mean, I sure wasn't. No. The, like, the false representation of, like, how sex should be between teenagers is so not true. And, like, it's fucking awkward. Like, you remember, I'm sure you remember having sex when you were a teenager. It's yes. fucking weird. Like, trying to figure out who you are and what you even like. And then on top of that, having to, like, please the person that you're with and try to learn them. And it's just, like, it's it's a lot. Like... Well, like the misrepresentation of like what sex actually should be for teens is very I think large. Also, like let's just talk about the amount that they're having sex and with yeah. like different people. I don't want to slut shame these teenagers. I don't want to slut shame anyone. But like they also don't ever talk but about like 
You have to remember C-sex. these people are like 16. Yeah. Like, like if you're 16 and you want to fuck all the time, sure, but use protection. They never talk about that kind of stuff. That's they, why. Yeah, they go over like they have sex, but they don't really talk about the things that go with that. And if in a lot of cases you're a kid who did not receive an adequate sex education, and all you see on the movie, in the TV and movies, is you know the first 30 seconds of them, you know, making out and getting hot and heavy, you do not see those guys pull out a condom. You do no. not see him ask for consent. Like, yeah. if that's your, if that and porn, like, is what you know, it's a setup for unhealthy relationships. And really an unhealthy sex life, because, like, there's no really, like, conversation about, like, hey, do you like this when I do this? Or, like, do you yeah. like this? Like, there's no, like, conversation about how to, like, learn each other's bodies and, like, actually, because, like, you can't just get with a random person, fuck, and then be like, ooh, I orgasm. Like, there has to be kind of, like, I guess, like, you can, but, like, there has to be you some can, sort of but... understanding of yourself before you are able to do that. But, like, most teenagers don't have that. Like, I didn't know yeah. myself when I was a teenager, especially not sexually, like. <laughs> I was, yeah, 23 when I had my first, like, real orgasm, and I was like, oh, okay, this is what it is. <laughs> Like, I thought I had been before, and I just didn't... I had no idea. Yeah. I I was kind of mind-blown. I still think about that sometimes. <laughs> Honestly. You know who yeah. you are. Oh, my. Oh! Oh, my God. That was I thought scary. you were talking about... Um... Oh, you can say you it. We'll probably cut it out. Will. No. That's why I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, like, that's, that's the thing is, like, even, like, I feel like I dated a lot in my teens and, like, I did all these things very young. So, like, when I met Josh, I think he was, he was, like, I had only slept with three other men other than Josh. But he was the first one out of three of them to actually make me orgasm. So I'm like, when it happened, I was like, whoa. And, like, I knew what an orgasm was because, like, I started experimenting with myself at a very young age. So, like, yeah. I kind of knew what, a, like... I knew how to orgasm, but, like, I didn't know that that was even a thing during sex with a man. Then I had sex with my husband for the first time, and I was like, wow, that's, um, so that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, once it happened for me that one time, it's like, then it just is like, it's hard to not do it. It's like, I demand this every time, and if I'm not getting that, I'm going home. That's a disappointment. Like, what's? The point of having sex is you're not gonna, like... Yeah. You know, finish. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm picky about, like, my people. Like, my my current person makes it happen multiple times every time. Like, it's amazing. Nice. And it's kind of hard to go back after that. Like, yeah. to someone who doesn't... Doesn't do that for you. Yeah. This is way off topic. It is. <laughs> Um, let's just skip to the second topic here. There's so much to unpack with over-sexualization, but for the sake of time, let's talk about classism. Oh boy. I just want everyone who's listening to take a minute and think about, like, when on the, like, when on TV do you see poor people, and do you think that that is really what poor people look like or live like? Or is it... Is it an accurate representation? Is it an accurate representation? Yeah. Because you see... I mean, let's go back to Gossip Girl, sure. 
we we love to talk about Gossip Girl. Some of the things they buy and do, I'm like, you're doing that as a teenager. <laughs> the even the poor people are rich. Yeah. Like even Jenny's family, and they're like, oh my god, we're so poor. Oh my god, we're so poor. Like no. Like she a has a brand new family. outfit every day. Yeah. Like, you never see them wear the same thing twice. Like, they have a small but very nice apartment. Like, you don't see the reality of, like, poor, being poor and poverty on any of these shows. Uh, Pretty Little Liars is another good one oh, where, nice. like, these, these gals... They live in these houses, and, I mean, we've, we've all seen the TV houses. Like, no one has a house like that for under, like, a million bucks. These people are, like, this is not your average house. Mm -hmm. You know, the, even outfits. I think this is a huge one. Like, these reality, or not reality, but teen show reality as well. Like, you never see them wear the same thing twice, or have their hair yeah. unstyled, or... Not wear makeup. Not wear makeup. Like, that takes time, that takes effort, and for poor people, that is time they could spend having a job, or... It's just implied that everyone has to look and be a certain way... And have, have a certain amount of all money the all the yeah. time. And, like, the only way to achieve that is by having a lot of money to buy a designer or X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I get what you're saying. It's interesting. And you see, like, these house parties that the kids throw in the movies where it's, like, that the amount of alcohol at that party, like... Where's that money coming where from, Where's that money guy? coming from, guys? <laughs> Your cars. Like, teenagers don't have nice cars. Okay, to be honest with you, I'll tell you, the school that I went to, the high school, I went to an art school, so, like, the parents there were, you know, bougie, but, like, so many of the kids would drive their dad's BMWs or Audis to school. One day, I saw this kid drifting, because the parking lot was empty, right? We'd stayed yeah. late for basketball practice, the parking lot was empty, so we went to the back, and there was a teacher's car, and then this kid who was, like, drifting his dad's Audi, I knew this kid, and he went to drift... And hit the teacher's car. Oh my god. And then of course took off. But like, he fucked it up. And I was like, okay, this is why teenagers should not be driving expensive cars. <laughs> no, you get your teenager like a 2005 Honda Civic. That is what you get your teenager. Give them a minivan. They're gonna crash it. Give them, yeah, give them the old minivan that they puked in a hundred times as a kid. <laughs> that should be their first car. True. But like the kinds of things you see on there... I think it is just, again, expectations mm -hmm. where it's like, these are the people that are portrayed as average people on TV and they're, that's, it's not an accurate representation about what an average amount of money or like an average person, person should have. Yeah. Um, there's one show I was, I came across when I was doing some research for this section. It was called Working Class and uh, it was about a gal who... Um, like, it was a single mom, she had a kid, she was working. It was somewhere between, like, I think it was something like Superstore. Not as much of a comedy, but, like, oh, one of those I shows. No, yeah. Cancelled after one season because it didn't get enough interest, but it looked like one of the only shows that I've seen that had a little more accurate representation. People don't want to see poor people on TV. No, because poor people are, like, another marginalized group of people, right? And they don't really give a fuck about them. <laughs> 
Like, yep. Don't want to talk about being poor. Like, it's always, poor people are always, like, represented either as, like, the homeless person begging for money or, like, like an addict. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's never... And there's a whole class of people that are just completely cut right out from television. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I always thought The Fresh Prince was a good one for that because it really does show, like, you know, Will Smith is, like, it really juxtaposes, like, wait, these are really rich people and this is what I come from Mm -hmm. and here's the difference. And I always thought that was a good example of, like, rich meets poor in a classy way. Yeah. Yeah. I like that show actually. I know. That too. show kind of talks about some real shit, which was big for its time, honestly. Really like big the 90s. for its time. Woo! Didn't talk about nothing. But yeah, like he also, too. I don't know if you've ever seen this thing, this like clip. It's like gone viral on the internet so many times. But like, there's a scene where he's like talking about, like, Will Smith is talking about how his dad left or something. And like, I remember being young and watching that scene. And like, I grew up without a dad. So like, seeing that shit hit me so hard. I just started crying. And I was like, wait, why am I crying? But like, being able to see that, like, on the media is actually very powerful because like, you don't really see. Like, usually people make jokes about like, oh, I grew up with a dad or like, I have daddy issues. But like, yeah. You don't see the actual effects of these things. For sure. I mean, like, you look on shows like, like Gossip Girl, it's like, when parents divorce they show the glam thing about it like ooh, mom's away all the time i can use the house or like i get two christmases like they glamorize things like this but when they talk about it for real like on the fresh prince it's like having it's having a real conversation rather than showing it off as just a plot device Mm -hmm. yeah agree with that Alright, I'm scooching to my last one because this one's a this one's a big one. Heteronormativity in teen shows. <laughs> so there's really not a whole lot. I know that there are a lot of good shows that have gay characters, but let's talk about teen and kid shows. Not until about, you know, 2015, 2016 did you ever get like even a hint of a gay character. Because people don't want their kids to see that or, you know, shows would be pulled off the air if they had a gay couple kissing. Yeah. Even in Star Wars. (laughs) I don't know anything about Star Wars. I know you don't. It's okay. No, there was a gay kiss at the end of, oh shit, I can't remember if it was the, I think it was The Last Jedi. That one gets so much hate. (laughs) Some of it is rightfully so. Some of it is... Just just fans being fans. But at the end of The Last Jedi, there's like a big celebration and they they defeated the bad guys at least as much as they could because they come back again the next movie. No! <laughs> it's um, a celebration for nothing. <laughs> but like they won their little battle and there are two women that kiss. Kind of like in the background. Yeah. Now this received a whole lot of backlash. Wait, what what year was this movie made in? Um, I want to say like 20... Here, let me search it up. It was fairly recent. Like, I'd say four or five years ago. Oh, no way, really? And there was a ton of backlash. Interesting. Jedi. 2017. Really? Four years ago, Jesus. And people were really, really upset that there was like... Two women kissing each other 
on the big screen in Star Wars. And a lot of it was because it was like, you know, oh, Star Wars is for kids. Don't show the kids the gays. What if the kids become the gays? That's like my thing with all that shit and like the don't show gay representation on the media because it's going to turn the children. Like, you are born gay or you're not. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, you can't turn someone. So like, saying that kind of shit is so harmful, man. It drives me fucking nuts. If you think you can turn a gay person straight, like as a straight person, go be gay. Yeah. Like, do it. <laughs> Try. Yeah. Go be gay. If it's like, a choice... Go suck a dick. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Yeah, like, that's my thing too, is I'm like... I think, like, because I am bisexual and I'm married to a man, I don't really, like, receive that kind of... You know, because I'm not dating a woman. But, like, there's been times where I have kissed women and, like, even just, like, holding hands with a woman, you get looks in public. Yeah. And, like, it's interesting because I'm like... This is the 21st century. Like, I'm not sure why I'm still explaining this shit to you. Like, yeah. when people say, like, it's a choice, like, do you really think that gay people would choose to be criticized for who they love this much? Like, if it was a choice, then they would just choose to be straight because that's what is normal in quotations in society. So I'm like, nobody's gonna choose to be oppressed. Like, that shit's not fun. Oh, I just broke it. Oh, no. That's okay. Here, let me feel one of these balls. I was kind of curious. They feel gross. They do feel kind of gross, yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> but it's... Especially before, like, you know, 2017, it's kind of difficult to find a lot of kids' shows that have any kind of representation, which, like I said before, is... It makes it hard for gay kids and gay teens to be like, oh, what I'm feeling is normal and okay, and not, like everything they're exposed to is something they don't quite relate to it's yeah even i think like glee was like glee's on my list of shows to talk about for this one honestly i feel like okay so like i watched that show religiously when i was younger right and i remember there was a point in time i think i was like nine or ten years old like i was very young i basically came to my mom and i told her i'm like i think i'm bisexual and she just kind of like and, like, this is no hate to my mom or no fault to her because, like, she didn't really know these things and she didn't really know how to react. But she was basically just like, you're too young to know, like, just wait till you're older. And, like... I got that one from my yeah. mom, too. I can't kind of, like, came out recently to her and I, like, told her and she was like, oh, so I guess you were right then. And I was like, yeah, I was. Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so watching Glee as a young kid, like, I remember Brittany and Santana, they were, like... They were my goals. <sighs> they were my goals. That was all I Their ever relationship wanted. was a little bit unhealthy, but, yes. like, it's still a show, so I'm, like... I was just like, oh my god, some gays. <laughs> but, yeah, like, the love they actually have for each other, and, like, it's not just necessarily all about, like, over-sexualizing them. That was, like, kind of, like, my, my bi-awakening when I saw them yeah. kiss, and, like... There's I was this like, scene, I want that. Yeah, where they, like, intimately sing to each other, and I remember, remember crying as, like, a 12-year-old, and I'm like... It was the Fleetwood Mac song, and I cried, yes, too. Yes, yes! <laughs> I think this is like one of those one. universal gay gay girl experiences. <laughs> Honestly, when she like when Santana died, like Naya Rivera, like in real life, I cried. That was so sad. I know, especially because her kid was there. I know. The world is cruel, man. Yeah, but I mean, Glee was a good one, at least for having that gay representation. I think with some of the characters, they didn't do as good of a job, like with representation. 
For example, Mercedes was the typical goofy, fat black woman. Yeah. That's all we got. She didn't get her solos. She didn't get attention as anything beyond the goofy, fat black woman. Uh, there was Emma, who her, oh, her OCD. primary character trait was that she had OCD. Like, or even, like, I didn't, like, that doesn't, like, yeah, like, <laughs> as someone who does struggle with mental health conditions, like, that's, I found that kind of icky. Yeah, because, like, like, that they made that her entire personality, and the other thing, too, is that she, like, the way that they portray OCD is just very much, like, not how it fully is. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, that's a part of it, but, like, that's not the only thing. That is how some people it. experience OCD. Yeah. But that is not a universal experience, and to say, this is what it is. Oh, my I'm <laughs> what you're doing there is very, very distracting. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to stop. It's kind of satisfying to watch. <laughs> oh, my God. And characters, like... Kurt. As much as I love to see that gay representation, that's one that was like a very flamboyant gay character. Like and very typical. I can't yeah. hate too much, you know, for its time, it was amazing to have that. Yeah. But even like characters, what was the kid in the wheelchair's name again? Artie? Archie. Artie. Artie. Yeah. That like his whole like, things surrounding him was just his disability. That was all that right? there was yeah. to him, and we didn't get to find out much more about him yeah. as a character. And I think that's where... I think that's where Glee's downfall was. It was yeah. that they tried so hard to include so many different people that they didn't get each person enough time to, like, Tell develop that people can be more than just gay, disabled, mentally... Mentally ill. Ill. Or like a or person like of color. person of color. Um, like all of those things were... It's like the mental health talk. I... It dabbles at the surface, but it doesn't really go deep. And it yeah. doesn't really... Talk about the real issues. It doesn't really issues. talk about the real yeah. issues. That's like, that's the thing is like every character in that show played to a certain stereotype, right? Because like yeah. the jock, the dumb cheerleader, like all these like stereotypes, they just kind of played into each other. And like, as you watch these characters like grow and stuff, like half of them, once they finish like uh, high school, half of them aren't even on the show anymore. So it's just like, okay, so now what? Like you've developed or for what they thought developed all these characters and now you're just gonna like drop them off and be like, yeah, this is it. Like... Yeah. There's no more character development. So, yeah. They did very much just play to, like, their stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, and it's... I know the intention was very good to, like, mm. be like, hey, we have all of these characters and we want to show that, like, all of these things are normal, but in doing that, they're, like... They kind of put out this narrative that if you have something like that or if you are... LGBT or any of these things that is what you are and it's just an identifier rather than a part of yourself as a bigger person mm -hmm. <laughs> um what else did I have on here I mean mostly with heteronormativity your issue is gonna be like <laughs> where are the gays where are the gays in my tv shows <laughs> and yeah. I know Disney is doing a bit better of a job. They we talked about this last time. It was the Simon 
Oh my god, he's so cute. He's like rubbing himself on the carpet. Sorry, continue. Oh, the Love Simon show? The Love Simon show. Yeah. Like, that's such a step in the right direction, but like you were saying, it's too late. Like, why yeah. weren't they doing this before? They were a huge company. Disney, if we're just going to talk about Disney, like, they're a huge company. Like, they have the resources and they have the writing capacity to make these things happen. Mm -hmm. The reason is not that they couldn't. It's that they yeah. didn't want to. I think it's also interesting, too, though. Like, if you look at, like, shows that have gay characters, usually it's just, like, gay white men. There's no, like representation of like say black queer women or like absolutely latina black or sorry latina gay or trans people sure. or men or women of any kind like it's literally usually just like the very typical flamboyantly gay white men so i'm like it's interesting because I'm like, okay, they feel like they covered, you know, one diversity checkbox. So they don't got to check any other yeah. ones. And I'm like, okay, That's, but... It's not a checkbox. <laughs> people are not boxes to yeah. be crossed off a list. Like, people are people. And it's about time we saw different people in yeah. our TV shows and in our reality shows. Mm -hmm. Um... I think that pretty much concludes what I've got to say about all this. I mean, we could unpack for hours on all of these things, but... We don't got that kind of time. I don't think anybody wants to got time for that. to us ramble about these things for four hours. I mean, if you do, you can always watch our live stream. Yeah, I'm sure that's what we'll probably be doing. So, our last segment is the affirmation of the day the affirmation of the episode is comparison is the thief of joy I that's really a good like one. That one yeah it's i think important. that's really relevant to a lot of what we've been saying today mm -hmm. and i think too like representation is important but it's also important not to compare yourself to people even if they do look like you like you are your own person and you are beautiful and good just as yourself you don't have to compare yourself or be like someone else i couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> so now we kind of wanted to talk about doing something a little bit different and interesting so we're hopefully going to kind of i guess kind of add a segment to the show yeah, we're gonna um, open up the floor to you guys yeah so we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about like whatever you guys want to leave us so if you guys want to email us a story or a question or really just anything that you want advice or anything you really want us to talk about yeah um you can email it to bodypositivity at gmail.com or you can also leave us a comment or message us tiktok instagram TikTok and instagram again at bodypositivity and yeah, so hopefully by next episode or I guess after this episode is released, obviously, we yeah. will maybe have some questions. Yeah. And if not, I'm sure at some point we will. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we want to hear your feedback and what you think. And I'm sure you all have wonderful ideas yourself and we want to hear them. Even if you want advice, like... Yeah, talk about it's like relationship advice. Yeah. 
It'll be a lot easier to do this once we like live stream and you guys can just ask us questions real time, but for now, this is kind of our way to extend to you guys. Email us. Viewers. Yes, email us your stories or questions or things you want advice on. Email us memes. Email us to say hi. <laughs> yeah, really email us anything at bodypositivity at gmail.com. Want to plug the socials? Yeah, on Instagram and, and TikTok, it's body positivity. So that, yeah, I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> It's been a long train of an episode. Anyways, yes, if you want to follow us on TikTok or Instagram, it's at Body Positivity. So that's B O D Y P O D I V I T Y. Nailed it. And my personal Instagram and TikTok is Chubby Batty XO. Go follow her, she's the best. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Love that bitch. <laughs> All right. That is all. Jane and Ellie signing off. Bye.